It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's the Opposition Research Podcast on HawkeyeNation.com. Welcome to the Opposition Research Podcast here on HawkeyeNation.com. My name is Andrew Downs. Each week I'll find a beat reporter, blogger, or broadcaster that covers the upcoming opponent. If you have a suggestion for who I should talk to in a given week, or if you have questions you'd like me to ask, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew C. Downs. Let's get to this week's game. It is a big one. Number 10, Iowa. At number 9, Iowa State. The biggest Cy-Hawk game of all time. Uh, this one's big. ESPN College Game Day will be in town. And uh, the winner of this is, is vaulted into a, a real national conversation uh having one of the better wins in college football and if it's Iowa probably the two best wins in all of college football through two weeks my guest today is Chris Williams you know him from Cyclone Fanatic and the Sports Fanatics on KXNO here in Des Moines Chris thank you for the time man always a pleasure I love and I hate this week (laughs) well and and this this may be more than ever right I mean this is uh this is I mean, it's obviously the biggest Cyhawk game ever. I think the only one that that could be in contention is when it returned in the seventies. But even then, uh, I can't imagine there was this much uh, hype or anything about it. And then, uh, other than conference championship games, like it's hard to imagine a game that's going to be uh, higher profile than this on on either team's schedule all season. I mean, hopefully there are more important games for both teams. Uh, but how often are you going to get undefeated top 10 teams, college game day in town? I mean, this is a big, big spot for both teams Saturday afternoon. Yeah, and, you know, I don't want to – I don't think I'm overdoing it where, like, this is one of the biggest games in, I think, Iowa State history when you look at what's on the line. Now, normally – like you said, I mean, Iowa State's goal is to win the Big 12 championship. You can lose Saturday and still do that. I mean, hell, we saw them almost win the Big 12 last year after losing to Louisiana. But, like, in my mind, listen, I'm realistic enough to know that Iowa State isn't in this situation very often. I mean, ever. Literally ever. And I've, you know, I've just done this long enough where it's like you got you got to soak in the great moments. And look at everything that would be on the table still for Iowa State if they beat Iowa, right? And that's, frankly, and I, I know this is a Hawkeye podcast, but it's a very rational one. I mean, literally, they're, if they beat Iowa, they're right in the mix to be a college football playoff contender. I don't think that will happen, but it's there. And, I mean, just to think about, I mean, 10 years ago, it didn't even seem like it would ever be possible for Iowa State to play in a New Year's Six game, and they won one last year. So, like, it's just a, 
it's a really good game, and there, there's a lot on the line Saturday in this rivalry, and all that stuff is true for Iowa, but Iowa's been here before. That's the difference. And, yeah, it, this is the biggest one, though. I mean, 77 was big locally, I'm sure. But, I mean, we've never had the national attention with two top ten teams. And, like, I mean, it really is incredible. A lot of your listeners are recruiting nuts. The amount of, you know, D1 prospects we get in this state annually to have two teams in the top ten is really incredible. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm fired up for it, but I'm ready for it to be over with as well. Yeah, you know, you talk about all the good things that could happen uh, for Iowa State. And, and as you said, it's the same for Iowa, right? Like, not only could Iowa put together probably the best two wins in college football this season already uh, with the win over Indiana and then a win over Iowa State, but kind of usurp all of the hype and excitement and expectation that Iowa State has had for eight months now. I mean, we've heard for eight months that Iowa State is this, you know, college football playoff contender, a contender to win a conference championship, do all these things. And if Iowa comes in and wins this game and then kind of, you know, takes their place in the top 10 is 2-0 and uh, you look ahead and probably 5-0 and going into that Penn State game and all of a sudden they're a part of this conversation uh, when nobody really expected that to happen this quickly um, th- there there really is a lot on the line although I will say I, it feels like the pressure is on Iowa State to win this would you agree I mean I feel that way I, I would guess that if you're in the Iowa locker room it doesn't feel that way because of what you just said, like they know what what they have on the line too, but it it, it feels like it to me. Campbell's never beaten Ferris. You know, there's all these side things that stack up and the, these intangible type things when you talk about this conversation. And I, I feel like it is. I feel like the pressure's on Iowa State. If, if Campbell had won that game in 2019, maybe not. But but again, like expectations are everything in this sport and. I mean, all these guys came back to win the Big 12 championship and, you know, be in the national conversation, talking about Iowa State now. And to me, like, you – I mean, part of that is beating Iowa. You know, they're going to – everybody's going to say it's just another game on both sides, but the reality is it's not. And anybody who says that anymore is a liar. Like, that's just not the case. So, I mean, I, I would guess that – Kirk and Brian Ferentz are putting plenty of pressure on them, but like, I think from the outside looking in, though, the pressure's definitely on Iowa State. It feels like that to me, at least. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. A 16-10 win over you and I at Jack Trice Stadium uh, Saturday. You know, by by all accounts, and I'm guessing most of the people listening to this didn't see that game as the Hawkeye game was happening at the same time. Uh, but by all accounts, you know, nobody really thought Iowa State was in a position to lose that game. But the reality is, I was, uh, you, you and I had the ball down by six at the end of the game with a chance for, you know, maybe a fluke play, but a play to to win that game and, and really shake things up. How concerned are you about that that week one result for the Cyclones? 
Honestly, not much. And the only reason I say that is because I've seen this before. Um, they listen like they're a, Iowa State is. You know, if, if if a lot of your listeners don't watch them very often, they're just like Iowa anymore. I mean, they are a spitting image of those Ferentz programs that are top 15 teams. They are really good defensively, and they live and die if they can run the football or not. And, you know, I think what happened on Saturday, in my opinion, is Matt Campbell and Tom Manning thought that they would beat up on you and I and wear them down and just outlast them. And they didn't want to do a lot, I don't think. And I, to you and I's credit, they did not wear down. And that I, hats off to them and Mark Farley. I mean, I was disappointed because I thought Iowa State would, should at this point in the program be able to just bulldoze Northern Iowa um, in any scenario. They didn't. Um, I guess that part of it is a concern. But the thing about it, Andrew, is the different this year is I've seen all these guys play. They're all proven. There's 20 starters returning uh, from a team that won the Fiesta Bowl last year. So I know that they're good. But to say I wouldn't be to, – to say I'm not disappointed in Saturday's loss would be a huge understatement. I absolutely was. I'd much rather be in Iowa shoes coming off blitzing a top-20 team uh, from the Big Ten. But – but in the same breath, it really doesn't change my expectations on this week at all, really. Um, I, I just – there's just this game, like – I feel like most Iowa fans feel that way too, right? Like, I, yeah. Like, everything that happened in week one is, is great for Iowa. It sucked for Iowa State. But I, I just – I mean, if you look at Vegas, like, they didn't even change the line. You know, and that's, that's kind of what I always go off of. Yeah, I think the the biggest think thing the, for Iowa fans is you just feel better about your team than than maybe you you did you know a week ago. You weren't really sure about this team, and honestly, some of the questions weren't even really answered. I mean, you knew you had a good back seven on defense; you you were proving that. Uh, one of the questions that was answered was that defensive line; they really held their own and looked good. But you didn't get a lot of answers to the questions on offense because the offense didn't need to do much. When an Iowa team is up fourteen points two and a half minutes in, you have a feeling that Brian Ferentz pulls Spencer Peters aside and says don't screw this up kid don't lose this game for us and so we we, you know so we don't know what what Iowa really looks like I think for Iowa fans the biggest thing that changes you just feel a little bit better about your team you feel a little bit more confident uh going into this game uh so looking at this game on the field Chris where do you think that Iowa State has a distinct advantage over the Hawkeyes Uh, I think that it's um the fact that Petrus has never played in a opposing stadium with a crowd in Iowa State's defense. I mean, the thing about it is he just doesn't see the look that Iowa State's defense brings. You just don't see it in the Big Ten. Um, and then, that, I mean, that place is going to be out for blood. So how does he react? Um, more schematically, yeah, but the thing is, though, I've seen that like when Nate Stanley came in and threw five touchdowns, so I'm not dumb enough to think that speed features can't do that, too. Uh, I just want that caveat before you guys start blasting me on Twitter. I, I, I do think that the the one area where Iowa State can compete with Iowa better this year that compared to whenever they've been, honestly, whenever they've played in the past, is Iowa State has dudes up front now. I, I think that Iowa State outweighs Iowa most positions on the line, which never happens. 
you know, does that mean anything at the end of the day? Not really, because, I mean, if, if the NFL was all about who weighs the most, right, it'd be, it would look completely different. But my point being, physicality-wise, up front, specifically Iowa State's offensive line against Iowa's defensive line, that's usually a blatant mismatch. I don't think it is this year. I don't think Iowa State has a huge edge, but I also don't think that it's a mismatch, right? Like, there's, there's a difference. So I, I would go there. I mean, I would take Purdy over Petrus any day. Uh, I think the running backs are almost a wash. Um, you know, I'm, that's the biggest thing to me, Andrew. Like, Iowa just doesn't turn the ball over in this game. I think they haven't turned the ball over in this game since 2014. That's right. I don't think, I don't think Iowa State can win playing that way. Like, they've got to – They've got to force Iowa into some mistakes, and I, I really think that that's the key early: the shutting down, being able to shut down the run, and making Petrus beat you. And if he does, then tip of the hat. And I think Iowa fans will feel really good about that going forward too. But yeah, I, that's just to me when I look at these teams. I've never, ever, even the McCarney years, you know, when they won five in a row, I never went into this game thinking, "Well, Iowa State can match them pound for pound in the trenches." Never. And I do believe that this year. So that would be the biggest difference for me. Yeah, I, I and, and you kind of alluded to what I think is Iowa's biggest advantage. And it's hard to really put my finger on it, uh, you know, quantitatively. But it's like, it's just the, the discipline and the, the lack of turnovers, the special teams, yeah. these kind of little things that seem to always crop up big. I mean, you and I, Chris, have talked for years about the similarities between Matt Campbell and Kirk Ferentz and, and the similarities that these fan bases are going to have to have watching these games. Iowa fans know so many of these close games come down to little things. One play here or there, one mistake here or there there that really looms large and Cyclone fans are learning that and have seen that in in the last four games against Iowa where Iowa has just been the more disciplined team has made fewer mistakes and that has led to to four straight wins even in some games where they've they've been outmatched doesn't that feel like that's what's going to be Saturday though it does like I just I don't think Iowa State can win if if Iowa doesn't turn the ball over I I just I even go back to I mean, this, this, this rivalry really since 77 is, is actually been pretty even. Like if you, I mean, it's, I was had the rivalry, don't get me wrong, but like, if you go back to like how these games have played out and I mean, I'll go back to Iowa state, what I think was their best win in the rivalry, the Drew Tate year, 23 to three, Iowa was in the top 10, you know, they, they turned the ball over a ton. I don't remember the specific number, Iowa State generally doesn't just go to toe-to-toe with them and just, you know, yeah, like you said, out-discipline Iowa. That just doesn't happen. I think Campbell's hoping this is a year that he can do that, but I I don't know. I just – who was the big running back you guys had in the Rhodes years? The kid who – he was like – he looked like a defensive Weissman. Or yeah, anything. yeah, Mark, Mark Weissman, yep. Do you remember that? There was a drive in the second half of that game. Where I mean, Iowa State wasn't very good that year, but it was still a competitive game. I think it was 27-21, Iowa won at the end. It was the, the score wasn't as close as the scoreboard indicated. But Iowa went on this, like, 10-minute drive to start the third quarter. And I remember watching that, and it was the most dehabilitating feeling I've ever had watching a football game. It's just like, we can't, we can't stop them, you know? And... Those games don't fare well for Iowa State. I, I think that it's got to be more that 
force Drew Tate before he gets knocked out to throw an interception, or you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's just how I feel like this game's got to go for Iowa State. That's that's Even why. Favorite, I still feel that way. Yeah, that's why I give Iowa the advantage in this game. That's why I'm picking Iowa to win. Is just that kind of X factor, the discipline factor, the the Ferentz factor, right? I mean, and Matt Campbell's a hell of a coach. Don't get me wrong; I think he's a great coach, and I I, th- I think the program he's building is fantastic. I still give Iowa the edge uh, in in that you know aspect until I see Iowa State come into one of these games, play mistake-free, and kind of take it away from Iowa, which I think is what they're going to have to do. I'm, I'm just not going to believe it until I see it. And that's that's why I give Iowa the edge. It's not anything X's and O's. It's not anything on the field. It's literally just that discipline, that uh, kind of mistake-free football, the the special teams things, those little things that at, at a time may not seem like a big deal, a mixed extra point or something like that, but end up biting you in the end. Yeah, and so and I could go. I'll go the different way. Because of course I'm picking Iowa State. Because why wouldn't I? Right. Um, I feel like so. Can, look at everything Campbell's done, and like I mean, it, it really is not believable where they're at right now, right? And like my thing is, it's like the only thing he hasn't done is beat Iowa. He has to at some point. <laughs> yes. Like mathematically, it has to happen at some point. And if not, I'm going to lose my mind. So uh, that's that's kind of where I'm at. I think that the game's dead even. I think it's going to be awesome. And uh, I just want Saturday to get here. But I, I, I think we can do this matchup thing until we're blue in the face. I think they're pretty damn even. Yeah, I, so, do, I, I do too. Um, I think you're right. And I, I think we, we, we've both nailed it. It'll be intangibles. It'll be don't screw up, right? Like don't – can't fumble in the opposing team's territory. You can't – you know, that type of stuff. I think that's what it comes down to. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Chris, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Enjoy the game on Saturday, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, brother. All right, thank you to Chris Williams. Check him out, cyclonefanatic.com and at Chris M. Williams on Twitter. He's a good follow, a good cover, not just for Iowa State stuff, uh, but gambling and college football in general. Uh, Big fan of Chris. Obviously, I work with him on the radio here in Des Moines. Thank you so much for listening. Go Hawks.